This episode is brought to you by Essentia. A better you starts with better hydration. Essentia is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, hope you've had a good week. Welcome to Series 2 of the Ultimate TV Podcast, Soap from the Box. I'm Lee Salisbury and I directed some of the UK's biggest soaps for over 10 years. And in this podcast, speak to some of the biggest stars of them. But this series, I've also added Neighbours and Home and Away. I was a huge Neighbours fan when I was younger. And so for the first podcast featuring Neighbours stars, I've got two of them, two legends. I can't believe I was speaking to them, so I really hope you enjoy my guests today both joined Neighbours at the peak of its success in the UK. The show reached over 21 million viewers in 1990 in the UK, more than the entire population of Australia. And since it was first broadcast in 1985, the show is watched in more than 60 countries and it's now the longest running drama series in Australia. In 2008, Channel 5 started showing the soap and I have got two guests today from Neighbours. My first guest joined in 1986 playing Clive Gibbons and he's back on Ramsey Street now and my other guest plays Melanie Pearson in the show from 1987 to 1991 and again is back now. So please welcome Jeff Payne and Lucinda Cowden. Hi guys. Hello. How, how are you? Now obviously this is probably the biggest social distancing I've done on the podcast. I'm in the UK and you're obviously in Australia and it's eight in the morning here and is it seven in the evening there? Yes, yes. And have you got the sun as well? Oh, uh, yeah. Sort of setting, um, and we're just coming out of the back of five days of a temporary lockdown. So um, this is the only time we're not wearing masks. Right oh, now. okay. Well, we, yeah. we are in the middle of winter and have been in lockdown for, seem, it seems like, years. So um, I'm very <laughs> jealous of the sun out there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Neighbours, what a massive show. And you both joined kind of at the peak of its success. I mean, when you joined, did you kind of realise in Australia how big the show was? Because I know it was massive here. No, I had no idea. I don't know about you, Jeff. I didn't realise how big it was um, until a bit later, till I got over there, really. I can tell you for a fact that it wasn't as big a show because I was there when it was sold to the UK. And it was a a 6.30pm pre-news TV soap that went ballistic and uh, yeah so it, it sort of took off no one uh, no one really realized how big it was going to be well I remember actually in the UK because I was at school when I first started watching it and that the BBC actually had to put on the late night later afternoon version because everyone was skipping school to watch it at lunch <laughs> uh, 
There is a story that um, the head of uh, programming at the BBC's own daughter got a call from the school saying, I don't know what's going on, but your daughter and a few others are skipping for this Australian soap. And he, a light bulb went off in his head and went, aha, I'll put it on twice. And the rest is history. The rest is history, yeah. And then it went absolutely huge. So what's it like, both of both of you, first of all, Lucinda, what's it like being back again now? I mean, how much has it changed? Oh, it's changed heaps. It's changed heaps and yet not at all, if you know what I mean. It's kind of, um, it's a bit of a mind melt. Well, it was when I first got out there. I sort of have got used to things a bit more now. But, um, yeah, it was a bit of a mind melt. Just, you know, there's crew um, that were still, that were there when I was there that are still there, um, which is amazing and fantastic. It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> and there's also actors like Jeff Payne and, mm. um, you know, Paul Keane and Annie Jones who, you know, we all would have seen each other last like 30 years previously or something. So that was um, was glorious to see everyone. It was like it felt a little bit like coming home. It was really nice. Mm. I don't know what your experience was when you first came back, Jeff. Um, I was, uh, when I saw myself on screen, I was appalled at how old I look, but I think that is... The, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that. What happened, <laughs> that's what happens when you live long enough. That, that is the yes. truth of life. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Terribly grateful for looking this dreadful, that's all I can say. I, I, I look like someone's granddad, but then I think, well, wait a minute, I'm probably old enough to be someone's granddad. That's probably the way life is. So yeah. You both yeah. look amazing. But I suppose it is weird, isn't it? Because obviously when you were there the first time, you were the youngsters and now there's a whole younger generation there and you're the older cast. Yeah, yes. I, I think we were having this exact discussion, weren't we, Jeff, when we um, when they were doing the promo that day yeah. and yeah. you and me and Annie were sitting there going, God, remember when we were the young ones and, you know. Yeah, look, um, so, Lee, you hit a certain age where you're allowed to say to people, in my day or, uh, you know, you start off sentences <laughs> by, um, listen, you young things probably wouldn't understand. Um, I did make a joke to one of the cast that we were in black and white television and they believed me. So the joke was quite <laughs> When so you were there, though, when you were there the first time, I mean, did the older cast act as kind of mentors to you? And now are you kind of doing that? I mean, obviously, younger actors often look for the older ones for advice, and especially on telly with all the kind of don't step in shadows and find your camera. Did Are you now getting kind of younger actors coming to you for advice? Um, Lucinda, are they coming to you for advice? <laughs> no. No, both of you now. <laughs> <something that's laughs> nobody wants advice from me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my, um, my problem is that all the young directors are far better looking and younger than I am and um, um, I'm giving them all the wrong advice to see if I can sabotage them. Actually, no, they're, they're, they're very sweet cast, actually. It's um, not or twisted. No, um, nobody has so far asked me for any advice. I, I don't know. Is it something that I'm doing, perhaps? I'm sure, I'm um, sure, no, they're, I'm sure they're just watching and taking in the magnificent. And they're going, oh, my God, I can't believe she's doing that. What is, what is she saying? What is she doing? It's hard to work out whether they're staring at us with respect or a gobsmacked sense of this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It's, yeah. anything, so or it's, some it's, sort of frightened disbelief. Yeah, that's what I've put uh, it down to. Really, but really no, look, when we were there, I look, I remember Anne Hattie um, giving me numerous uh, uh, moments of brilliant gems of advice of of how to deal with cameras and all of those sorts of things and Anne Charleston and Ian Smith and Alan Dale actually you mm. know 
Um, and I was a bit like a sponge at that age and just sucked it all up. And I loved doing lots of scenes with the older, older actors. It was one of my favourite things to do. Yeah, I mean, I've created lots of the soaps in this country and I love working with the older actors. And isn't it amazing that all the soaps have continued for so long? I'm sure when you, when you were in it the first time, you never thought that in, I mean, how many years is it? Uh, oh, 30? Okay. 30 years. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I yeah. bet you never thought you'd be back in, you know, 30 yeah. so years. Yeah. No, I never thought that for a second. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's mental, but it's great. It's fantastic. The internet's the scary thing because no one should have their youth filmed on television and then kept forever on this, on this computer system called the I internet. Know. Um, they send stuff back to you. Every now and then people, very clever people, find stuff on the internet and they'll send you a scene or a, a little image of yourself 35 years ago and um, I'm appalled at the overacting I thought I could get away with back then. I'm just <laughs> really shocked. That, that, and I've said this before, someone should have slapped me. I would have slapped me. Um, uh, but they have people on set to stop you doing that. But, yeah, it's it's, it's extraordinary, really. So what I normally do is a kind of little quiz that kind of takes us through a few of the storylines. So the first one to answer these, they're not too hard, so don't worry. But since 1985, <laughs> which real-life cul-de-sac has doubled for Ramsey Street? Beep. That's me. Lucinda. Of course. Yes. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, the... I've been on the tour there, actually, when I came to Australia. I did the fan thing and kind of went on the tour. And actually, I can't oh. believe that people, obviously, because in this country, Coronation Street and Emmerdale, you know, we've got purpose-built sets. It's quite mad that yeah. 30 years on, they're still filming a real cul-de-sac. Yes, yes. Uh, and I've, I, I have had uh, people suggest that they should have bought the entire cul-de-sac and life would have been much, much easier. But, in fact, they didn't. And... Uh, uh, I believe they have to negotiate with the people who own the houses there because um, it's it's quite a tricky task. They have to kind of move in with the trucks and set the cameras up and all of that sort of stuff. I know. I wonder what the people, I wonder if they've changed over the years. Have you seen any of them? Are they are the same residents there or do they kind of quickly move? I mean, it's no, quite I a good thing to live on Ramsey Street, so I'm sure the house prices would actually be quite high for them. Yes. Oh, yeah, they would be because they get paid a, for they get paid a fortune for us to film there and stuff. Yeah. So it's um, it's a pretty good wicket. Yeah. Lee, if you, if, Lee, if you'd like to buy a house there, I can recommend a double-storey bungalow with a brick. Thank here. you very much. Does uh, it also mean that I might get a little starring role in the show as well, though? I mean, I'd constantly pop my head out the door when you were filming. So yes. I'd have to be you would have to be on a trampoline jumping <laughs> yes. up in someone's backyard. Twitching behind the, wind, by the, behind the neck curtains. You could just twitch. When I did the tour, they actually give you, like, the cricket bat and stuff so you can act out the titles, which is quite embarrassing. Um, okay, next question. In 1988, the entire cast were flown over to the UK for which event? The Royal Command Variety Performance? That's it, yeah, the Royal Variety Performance. Yes, well done. Amazing. Oh, you... I, I wasn't. <laughs> were you not invited, listen? Oh, no. No, I don't believe I was. I never went there. No, I would have remembered. I, I, may have I, been, I may have been out of the show momentarily or something. Busy. Uh, Lee, busy. I, I, I wasn't actually there, but I did go over afterwards. I was in the UK in 1989, and there was a show called Rubbery Figures, which was a satire on um, oh, yeah, current like events in the UK. Oh, yes. And, um, yeah. guess, guess how they portrayed the entire cast of Neighbours on Rubbery Figures? How? Planks of wood. Oh! <laughs> oh that's mean. 
I know. It was, it was actually pretty <laughs> funny, I've got to say. Here come the cast of babies <laughs> and these planks of wood started walking along in, in um, cocktail dresses. It was pretty funny. Yeah, and some people get worse than that, actually. So maybe that's... Hey, that's yeah. why you and I weren't there, Jeff. Exactly. You know, you you know what I'm saying? Day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next question. Melanie Pearson had another surname in the show. What was it? Beep, beep. I know it. It was Mangle. Yes, Lucinda, obviously Mangle. Now, Amazing. Another Mangle. I was Mrs. Mangle momentarily there, obviously not for very long because apparently it didn't work out very well, but, you know. And how was it working with the legendary Mrs. Mangle, played by Vivian Gray? I mean, I think she was only in it for 18 months, but she's one of those people, the character seemed to, you know, will always go down in history as one of the biggest characters in the show. I think she came in and out. Um, she came in and out a lot. So I think she was probably there for longer than 18 months, but I think she probably, if you added it up, maybe it was 18 months, but she was definitely in and out over the years. But she um, backed her car over Bouncer. I mean, yeah. I know. That that, I mean, I remember that. It <laughs> was pretty bad. Um, I, I also believe she had a non-existent husband in a room somewhere in the house that she would call out to. <laughs> yes, you're right, uh, actually. She did. Yeah, you never saw him. Was it, was it Norm? <laughs> it, it, it was something like that, and she would call out to him, and it was a, kind of a, an in-joke with the writers that, they would try and get as many mentions as they could in the script of a character no one ever saw. Um, yeah. Or was, yeah. No one even knows how he lived, actually. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and how many bedrooms there are in those houses. Like, never Did he have legs? Could he exactly. not get out of there? There was no. also crew at reception at Lassiter's that no one ever saw as well oh, yes, that I would yes, watch regularly. Yeah. Um, and we never saw Prue ever, and I used to imagine what Prue looked like and stuff. It was, yeah, because I would be on the phone to Prue all the time. And <laughs> so, we never um, Lee, saw Prue. Uh, 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 Lee, are you familiar with Doctor Who? I am familiar with Doctor Who, yeah. Uh, the same technology was used to build the neighbours' sets, so they're much bigger inside than they are outside in terms of the targets. So, yeah. it's, it's, it's the same as the soaps here. Some of the pubs in the villages and in Coronation Street have about 10 people living in them. And, yes. uh, yeah, you wonder where they all go. Um, okay, yeah. the last question. Whose life did Clive famously save? Oh, beep. Yes, Jeff. I mean, thank God you got it. It's Lucy, it's Lucy, and it was the tracheotomy, I believe. Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, Lucy Robinson, which I remember was a huge storyline because wasn't it? Um, uh, oh no, because it was her baby. I think you saved as well, wasn't it? Was no, it? Uh, that was Susan. In fact, um, so look, uh, Lee, this I don't want to roll out all the people that Clive saved. <laughs> no. Um, no. Uh, when I was given the brief for the character, it said he was this kooky gorillagram character who's also a qualified doctor, and I shrugged and went, "No, okay." <laughs> that happens. Um, and he did perform the tracheotomy, and that was the Friday night cliffhanger. And I, if you get the Friday night cliffhanger, that's the big one of the week because you've got to pull the audience back for the Monday night show. Um, so that was the, the famous line, it's okay, I'm a doctor, having, um, I think he saved Frank, uh, no, Mac, Max Ramsey, Lucy, and little baby Sam, who was careering down the hill in a pram uh, that uh, nearly hit the car that flipped over. Yeah, that was huge because that was Scott, uh, Jason Donovan's character, wasn't it, that got really it injured was. in the car. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. But, I mean, yeah, so what a weird character, I suppose, because who would trust a gorilla gram and then suddenly he says, I'm a doctor? You'd be a bit like, oh, really? 
<laughs> yeah, completely, completely. And and at the you time must, when I must started, have done something bad as a doctor to have to be then a gorillagram, mustn't he? Well, um, I said to them at the time, maybe I'm a, I'm a tad young, like a Doogie Howser. I'm a tad young to be a qualified doctor, and um, they, they quietly said, "Thank you, Jeff. Just just say the lines and don't bump into the furniture, please. We've got this sorted." <laughs> oh, it's um, very, it is a very interesting breed to give, and I like that. And there's a lot to play with. <laughs> So, okay, so I'll talk to you both separately a little bit. So, Lucinda, I'll go with you first. Uh, yes. Melanie. So, Melanie was introduced when Henry brought her back to meet Madge, Charlene and Scott. I mean, a big, that's a big meeting. Uh, for the it first was. Meeting. So, Kylie, Jason and Anne Charleston. Um, Absolutely. So many how, was it? how was it filming your first scene? Every, every actor says they always remember every moment of their first scene on a show. I just remember the faces of everybody when I did Let Rip Laugh. <laughs> and everybody just looked like completely agog, if you know what I mean. It was just like, oh my god, is she really do? Is she really doing that? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So I kind of, I had like a little trick to do to show everyone, if you know what I mean. Which was, which was good. It kind of broke the ice. <laughs> and was that your idea then, or had you been? No, 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 no. It was all she was when I auditioned for the character. All that said, it didn't give you any dialogue even. I actually auditioned with a script that was from another Grundy show, I think. Um, <laughs> um, and all they said was they wanted me to do this laugh, which was like a cross between a, a donkey braying and a seal barking kind of thing. <laughs> I actually read a description that said she has a laugh sounding like a seal having a hernia. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. nice. I haven't actually physically ever heard a seal having a hernia, and no, I, I hope seals no. don't even have hernias, just because I am an animal lover. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's pretty bad. But I just remember everybody just went, "Oh my god," you know. And I think it just was. It sort of made it got everyone on my side because I was doing something that other people were afraid to do <laughs> and afraid of, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, particularly when they realised they'd have to do it again, you know, 333 years later. Yeah, don't um, make a laugh. Everyone was saying don't make a laugh. But it must have been amazing going in with such a, because playing a zany character like that, I mean, it's amazing. Oh, to get a it's role so like much that. fun. And that was the joy of going back to her, if you know what I mean. That was the joy. She's so light. She's such a lovely character to play because she's so naturally buoyant. You know, you say something nasty to Melon and she doesn't even hear it really. She just keeps going la, la, la. And, and and it's great fun to play and, and you know, you've already done all the hard work as well, which is great. So you just waltz back in. And the writers did a lovely job of um, of bringing her back, I thought. I was really happy with um, the way she was written. It was like she hadn't changed at all. So, so yeah, so she's heaps of fun to play and I'd forgotten how much fun she was, you know. Um, so that was ace. And, you, I mean, she soon moved in with Des Clark and obviously Paul Keane's back as well. I mean, and Danny Jones, as we said earlier. Amazing. This, I mean, in this country, I think people have loved nostalgia at the moment with lockdown and the year we've had and stuff. And uh, yeah. is it lovely to go back with the people that you're in it with as well? It must be amazing. Oh, yeah. It's totally joyous. It's totally joyous. It's fantastic. I've got scenes coming up that I've just read that are with uh, Jeff and Annie, and I just can't wait. 
I can't wait. It's going to be great fun. <laughs> I have to say, Annie was part of my favourite storyline when Plain Jane Superbrain transformed like uh, yeah. like a girl in Greece. Do you remember? She was so ridiculously stunning. And then she takes a glass off. Oh, my God, I never realised. <laughs> and you obviously left. You were then with um, Mark Little, who was Joe Mangle. Uh, yep. And you soon left then when you got together, didn't you? Yes. He was deciding to leave and you decided as well, did you, to kind of go? Yes, that's the way it happened. I, I thought it would have been a bit sad after they'd got together for for him to go and her to stay because he kind of made quite a quick decision to leave. So I thought, you know what, and you know, I was very young at the time and, you know, ready to do lots of other different kind of work, I suppose, Um as a young actor, I wasn't ready to settle down into being in a soap for a long period of time, I don't think. So, um, so yeah, so I, um, so I left along with him and I thought it was nice for the characters to go out together. Oh, yeah, because they were such a great couple. I mean, what's Neighbours like? So what here, say, EastEnders, I mean, the cast, they're so massive because it's in everyone's homes every day. Is it the same in Australia? Do you get recognised a lot for being in Neighbours? Is it kind of, is soap as big as it is here? Um, No, I'd say absolutely not. I think it is. It's a a different kind of experience uh, in Australia because uh, I don't know if the UK has had this kind of Netflix streaming revolution, but we have so many choices now that everything's been diluted a bit. Um, Having said that, um, I am amazed at the people that quietly recognise the character or me from the telly um, and uh, just have that little thing of I know who you are or I think I know who you are, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Lucinda, when you first returned, you returned in 2005, didn't you, for the 20th anniversary? Um, yes. And then it was revealed Melanie and Joe's marriage had actually ended. So we talked yes. about something, and that was obviously happened off screen. How did you feel about that? Um, I was a little shocked, actually, because I kind of thought that they sort of tromped off into the sunset together myself. Yeah, um, But, yeah, no, you know, well, I, who, who am I to decide what happens to my character? <laughs> I, know. I mean, at least you didn't die off screen because sometimes here in soaps, uh, mm. someone wants to come back, but they died two years earlier off screen. I mean, you can't well, go that doesn't seem to that. that doesn't seem to matter in Neighbours. Oh. You can still come back even if you died. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've realised this, Lee, but um, in Neighbours, well, particularly in Erinsborough, there was a lot of identical duplicate twins. <laughs> um, and I don't know what happened in Australia in the 70s and 80s in terms of IVF births, but there were, I mean, identical twins, a lot of them. And um, yes. they fulfilled the uh, genetic predisposition of one's good and one's evil. Um, yes, that, 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 I always say to actors who've left here, you can always come back as a twin. We actually had a live episode of a soap here and someone had to die and we all just said to him, just don't, you know, do your eyes open at the very end and then you can come back. It's live, they can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Take that last breath and sit up and go, I'm still here. Yes, yeah, so, and then you're obviously back now, Lucinda. What is in store? What can you tell us anyway? What's in store for Melanie? And also, are you there kind of for the long haul now? Are you staying for quite a while? I, I don't really know. I'm kind of sort of in and out at the moment. Um, so it's, but there's lots of very um, cheeky antics that are being got enough oh, to. There's, 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 there's a lot of, um, yes, quite scandalous behaviour to come from Melanie. 
that's all and, I can say. And how often does the laugh? How often does the laugh come out now? Is it kind of every scene? Oh, as often as we as can often get it. As possible. Brilliant. I mean, can oh, you we, play, we play this drinking. My friends play this drinking game when they watch Neighbours, and, and every time I laugh, they have to have a drink. Oh my god! So your friends are constantly drunk. They are, which is <laughs> the best. Lucinda, can you give us, come on, you've got to give us a little bit of the laugh then for all the viewers oh, in the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Are you ready? It's 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, give me, a, I don't need a joke because it's not my real laugh. I, <laughs> I know that that breaks people's hearts, but um, I can just do it on cue. On cue, which is like. even better. Go on then. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> Is that enough for you? Is that's that enough? It's, it's, it's amazing. I love the fact that that's what you had to do in the audition. It's brilliant. Um, yeah. I, before we move on to Jeff then, uh, 1986 is when Jeff joined. So, again, I've just got a couple of little – actually, people born, famous people born in 1986, just to set the year. Jenna Coleman. <laughs> to make us feel incredibly old. I know, no, Ellie Golding. Um, and I'm going to test you both on how much things were in 1986, just to take us back oh to that God. place. I know, this is quite amazing, actually. So I've done it in Australian dollars as well. Um, so this means nothing to me, but it will to you. So average house price in Australia in 1986. You can both have a guess. Holy uh, hundred and fifty thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe. It was forty forty-eight thousand. Are you are you kidding me? No, I know. Oh, How amazing is that? One hundred fifty thousand would be quite a lot, wouldn't it? So in and UK prices for everyone at home, it's that's twenty-seven thousand pounds, which is incredible. I mean, maybe it was a shed, maybe not a house. I'm not yes. sure what's yes. what sort of house are we talking yes. about? Yes. I don't, yeah, not one on I, not one on Ramsey Street. No. <laughs> Certainly not one Certainly on Ramsey. Um, how about a cinema ticket? Um seven bucks. Yeah, wait, no, no, no. It's gotta be much, much lower. It's gotta be like oh. five bucks. Oh yes, Jeff, you're nearly there. Four dollars. How much is it now there to go to the cinema? Oh gee, it'd be twenty bucks. Fifteen? Twenty bucks, yeah, yeah depending on the cinema. Wow. Yeah. Um okay, now I'm sure you both don't eat this because you're uh, finely tuned actors in good shape, but a big <laughs> Mac Mill. Oh in eighty six? <laughs> Three dollars? Oh one dollar. It, 333, Lucinda. So oh. Yes. I'm so pleased. I've and got this somewhere the, near. This is the amazing one. An Apple PC. This is the final one. An Apple computer. Was there Apple computers in nineteen eighty? I think it was probably one of those massive, you know, the the bigger bigger than your desk, but there was some kind of Apple. Like five thousand dollars? I don't know. Two thousand dollars. Three thousand two hundred and ten, wow. which is in the UK, right in the middle, that's one thousand seven hundred ninety-five pounds. Says, "Oh my God, they've gone down." Thank God, now we're living in uh, two thousand twenty-one. You know, we're firmly back in nineteen eighty-six when Jeff joined. So, Jeff, you were spotted. I've read um, doing a college show by the Reg Grundy organisation, who were the original, obviously, uh, people who started Neighbours. What did they see yes. you in? It was a show called Legends. Uh, it was my third year graduating show at um, drama school, and uh, I won't surprise you to it won't surprise you to hear. I took myself a tad seriously, Lee. A tad <laughs> seriously. And um, we were actually given uh, a viewing of a recording of a show called Neighbours, very close to the drama school. And I looked at it and thought, I'm too good for this. And within a month, I was in a gorilla outfit in a backyard. Suddenly, the irony of life hit me um, very, very powerfully inside my latex gorilla outfit. And I went, aha, 
<laughs> so what did you go Because what, so just describe what Neighbours was like at that point. How Was it a big show at that point or was it kind no. of really on anyone's radar? It, it was actually, it had been started uh, by the Grundy organisation, was it a, a network called Channel 7. They couldn't quite get the ratings up. They had basically said, uh, we're going to let it go. And then Channel 10 swooped in and had been playing. I don't, did you get the show MASH in the UK? Yes, yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. Okay, so Australia had been watching MASH in rerun for 100 years, it felt like. We knew every episode of MASH. We could quote line by line. And the network said, we need to put something new on. Let's grab this show. And they did. And they threw a few new characters into it. It took off uh, beyond anyone's expectations. So that's really how it happened. Uh, it was just a lucky a lucky coincidence. Yeah. And what a great first job in there. You know, even though it was in a griller outfit, it's still amazing. Yeah. Um, so you were just, Clive was described as amusingly eccentric. Um, and as we said, he was a doctor, but ended up running a guerrilla gram agency. Um, yeah. And you, I think you described him as a serious guy who made it a serious decision to have some fun. And I, I, I mean, looking at the old storylines, you did basically save the day and help people fix things a lot of the time, didn't you? Yes, I did. And <laughs> um, I can say that it got me a particular demographic of uh, women that love me who were about um, their grandmothers, basically. <laughs> I would often get um, attractive young women come up and say, are you that guy of neighbours? And I'd say, yes. And they'd say, can you get me Guy Pierce's autograph, please? Um, <laughs> and can you fix my coffee machine at the same time? Yes, exactly. I was the good guy, the nice guy um, that your aunt would have approved of, very much so, yeah. And then obviously to both of you, I mean, obviously some massive people have come out, especially in this country, obviously Kylie, Jason, Guy Pearce. Um, yeah. I mean, what was it like? It must be great seeing, because it doesn't happen as often here. I mean, Jenna Coleman, for instance, was in Emmerdale and she's done amazingly well. But how was it seeing these people that you were working with just go to these? I mean, Kylie, obviously, just one of the biggest stars in the world. Yes, exploded. It's, 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 it's been great to see uh, so many people come through this little kind of um, launching pad that fires people off into the universe and, and you see them take off. It's great. Yeah. Lucinda, I mean, did you, are you have you got a good singing voice? Are you, uh, no. are you ready to take the British charts no. by storm? No, I'm dreadful. Otherwise oh, I would have uh, done something. Uh, you know what no, I mean? No. Please don't put yourself down. I've heard that you have the voice of a, uh, a seal with a hernia. So I <laughs> I mean, there still could be a Christmas it's, single in there. There's a can, very like, small gap in the market for the kind of singing that I can do. That's all I'll tell you. But I mean, the UK loves Neighbours, so maybe you two release, you know, we do, especially for you for Christmas here. Yeah, it's, it's a very different version of it. And the video could be a gorilla outfit. Yeah, yes. we, yeah, um, and, and, yeah, we could sit there in, like, little rocking chairs and knit while we're singing it to each other. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Okay, really brilliant. Will. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah. Really, you've said it now, so that's um, it's, it's on record. Um, and when you returned, Jeff, you returned first in 2017 and you described him as a yeah. different man. I mean, how much had Clyde changed, do you think, when he came back? Because he was then, wasn't he running um, Erinsborough Hospital at this point? He's the COO, the Chief Operating Officer. Wow. No. I mean, his career path is amazing. <laughs> yeah, none of us are exactly sure what that means, uh, except that he has important news and wears a lanyard and um, he hires and fires people. So the client does a lot of um, uh, get out or come back or you're out, you've got to leave. He's a, he, I think he's very serious these days, but there is still a spark of the cheeky man inside and that's that's going to come out. 
And so what made you decide to go? I mean, so was it a neighbour's thing to get all of these? Did they approach loads of people to come back at the same time? I mean, what what was your thought process in deciding whether to go back? I've got got another day job, believe it or not, at a university working because in in the years gone by, I've done a lot of video work and script writing and that sort of stuff. So I, I help universities kind of explain what they do and explain behavioural science. So I had that happening at the time and uh, basically thought, why not? Let's give, let's um, see what Clive can do. And initially, of course, it was Clive and Sheila um, and now it's Clive and Jane. And of course, like all soaps, there'll be that tension of uh, where does their love lie? Where does the heart lie? All of that sort of stuff. Um, so every now and then um, he he bursts out of the suit and you see a little glimpse of the old client. That he's but the gorilla on. outfit's definitely gone, is it? That's not still lurking in his... Yeah, the gorilla uh, outfit, um, yes, that, that is uh, that is gone. I'm happy not to wear that again. Because I've said that, I bet you they'll make me wear it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Lucinda, what about for you? Was it a no kind of... Was it an obvious thing to go back or did you kind of... Oh, totally. It was, it was lockdown. So I'd lost all... Um, semblance of any work that I had because um, I was doing plays and um, I was also doing some drama teaching and um, also doing running a program for kids um, that was music and drama and yeah so all of that stopped and so in the middle of sitting there you know thinking oh my god what am I going to do I got a call from my agent saying so how would you feel about going back into Neighbours as Melanie for a while? And I was like, I feel good about that. Yes, yes, my bank balance would feel good about that. No, I'm not saying that I'm doing this purely as a fiscal decision. Of course not. Um, But, no, it it came at a time where I had... You know, didn't have a lot on, so it was brilliant. And Neighbours was one of the few... um, uh, you know, studios and shows that bought, put together a incredibly um, brilliant COVID-safe plan so they could get back to work. So They're amazing how they managed to carry on. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Uh, the reaction on social media to both of you coming on is amazing because here, obviously, Home and Aware Neighbours are still massive. People absolutely love it. So I think, like I said, the, the fact that you guys have come, have come back is amazing news for the UK fans. So I know they are all very pleased. And yeah, well, I just felt completely honoured and just incredibly grateful um, for the opportunity, I must say. Um, it was it just came so out of the blue and it was like someone had a magic wand and just went ting. And, um, yeah, it was brilliant. So, you know, let's hope it continues. Let's hope. And, Jeff, are you there for a while as well? I believe so. Um, look, I think he's involved in the love triangle um, and he bounces around between two or three corners of the love triangle. Wow. Um, uh, and, yes, I think as long as the hospital is there, they'll need someone to walk around in a suit uh, barking orders at people and saying, I'm sorry, but this is not good news. Yeah. And, Jeff, I have to say, I found to, to end, I mean, this is quite amazing, I found a review from the Daily Mirror here, um, someone called Polly Wood, who referred to you saying, surely the most talented comedy actor of all time. Oh. Wow. I know, um, that was in the Daily Mirror, so back in the day. So, I mean, there we go. So yeah, I thought I'd end on a very and big And we all know that the Daily Mirror never lies. Never lies. <laughs> and I will make sure I get that and frame it for you, Jeff, and send it to you. Thank you very much, Lee. Thank you. <laughs> well, listen, guys, thank you so much for coming on. It's been amazing to speak to you, and we're so pleased you're back in Neighbours. And 
keep up the good work and uh, I know the UK love the fact you're back so thank you thanks Lee and go That's and enjoy the back in people's lounge rooms again yay yes and no one's skipping school for it all right guys well thanks so much thanks Lee thank you thanks, Lee. bye bye, bye. I have to get up very early to interview the Neighbours and the Home and Away cast, but it is so worth it. Thank you so much to Jeff and Lucinda for coming on the show. I was very excited to chat to them. Remember, there are two episodes of Soap from the Box every single Sunday this series. The other episode this week is with the Queen of Hollyoaks herself, Jennifer Metcalf. So please listen to that. Thanks, as usual, to David Stevens and the Bossy for their edit and technical wizardry and to Ian McCallum for his press help. Stay in touch with me all week on social media at Soap from the Box on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Stay safe and I'll see you next week. Hold up. 